This season, we'll be further exploring each topic, hanging out with experts and enthusiasts of all kinds for more strange stories, social commentary, and the myths that make America tick. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith. This is the second part of our two-part interview with comedian Chris Gethard, who hosts the podcast Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, stars in a new stand-up special called Half My Life, and is the author of Weird New York. Make sure you listen to part one, where we discuss dangerous water parks, bizarre roadside attractions, urban legends, and what it was like to grow up in the oftentimes unsafe 1980s and 90s. On this episode, we'll continue the conversation in a different direction, as Chris shares his experience becoming a sudden villain in the fringe conspiratorial zeitgeist. Then we'll move on to the value that we found in talking to strangers, him as a podcaster who has conversations on an anonymous hotline, and myself as a former hitchhiker. Now here it is, part two. Who's going to argue if you really believe that? If, if QAnon really believes people who were involved in that, that they're, that Tom Hanks is running a sex trafficking ring and you believe that with all your heart, like that sets you up to to do a lot of really bad things. Oh, because, they think I'm you know, a part of it. Do they? To the point where they actually have me running scared and I don't love talking about it. But I had no, I had a TV show and for many years it was on public access TV. But we went to cable eventually. And we had Will Ferrell on as a guest, and our ratings were horrible. And we did a bit where we had Will Ferrell in these platform boots and antlers and a cape and an all-white outfit. And he's already so tall. And we said, let's do like this fake like occult ceremony to like pray to the TV gods and get our ratings up. And I wound up like stripped down and covered in blood. And the bit was – it ended with – um like we built like it didn't look like a vagina, but it was like a 10 foot tall, like representation of a rebirth where I was pushed through a hole to be rebirthed. And we were like, this is such a dumb over the top. Like, let's pray to the TV gods because our show is clearly about to get canceled. And someone found it and they did a such a tricky thing, such a smart thing. I think this, maybe it finally got pulled. I don't know. It it might still be up there. Where they analyze this video, because Will Ferrell, people, there's some video of him at a ceremony with Marina Abramovich, I guess. I've seen it. And because he did this occult ceremony with me, they now say that my TV show, which was the worst rated show in the history of true TV, was this cog in this platform. We were a live show. We took calls. Someone called and said, what toppings do you like on your pizza? So you can imagine the word pizza comes up. He says pineapple. They're now analyzing that. But the tricky thing they did that you'll love, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, a small footnote now in like the modern hysteria, right, of what's unfolding today is they, here's where you're being manipulated. Here's where I go, man, people who are buying into this, they don't know that they're being manipulated. If you watch the video this person made breaking it down, where there's all these pauses, Will Ferrell said this, this is a message about this, and you compare it to the actual footage from our show, they took it and slowed it down enough that 
I notice it because it's my voice and it's my TV show. But if you're just watching it, you don't notice that this is footage that's been altered. It just makes it imperceptibly weird. It's paced in a way that's a little weird. It feels a little more sinister. And it's because they actually slowed the footage down. Enough that you wouldn't notice it if it wasn't a side-by-side comparison, but enough where if you're just watching it cold, you're going, this is fucked up. This is not funny. This is not a comedy bit. And you go, yeah, well, comedy, a lot of comedy is about context. It's taken totally out of context. This, you're not watching the rest of an episode, let alone the rest of the series where we were having fun with the fact that we're clearly about to get canceled. That's the context, let alone the pacing and the tone, which you have shifted with some sort of computer. You have edited this. And they broke it down, and um, they've come after me on Reddit a few times. I talked about this on Conan. And if you look at the comments to the Conan bit, I say, this thing happened on my TV show, and I'm laughing about it with Conan. I'm going, I guarantee that me coming on your show to say, hey, guys, it was just a comedy bit. It wasn't part of it. I guarantee this will just convince the, all the comments on the Conan clip, people going, He's protesting too much, man. Lying in plain sight. And if they hear this, they will once again go further proof. And they'll analyze everything else you and I have said thus far and go, nope, it was actually signal about this and this. All I can say is it was a comedy bit. And if you think that me, a relatively, you know, someone who's had a working career as an artist for years, but who is not a mainstream name, who... I don't know if it was on the air or off the air that you were like, oh, I liked you on Broad City. I'm like, yeah, I played the boss in Broad City. I had done two episodes of The Office. Like, it, those are the peaks of my career. Very, very, very small character acting roles. If I'm a cog in some conspiracy, then the conspiracy is pretty shitty. You know, like, I'm, I'm just a guy. I'm just a guy. Like, I promise you, and no, they, if people are really convinced, they won't believe me, but I was... I've been cited by some of the fringe members of that particular modern hysteria, hysteria. If it wasn't this show and it didn't get there so organically, I don't even like talking about it because it, it does scare me a little bit. It does scare me a little bit because, and it is, and I'm a father and I am, I have a lot to be responsible for now. And I sit here and I go, man, like, People debate how real this is or not. And then I'm sitting here and, and, and again, this most of the, I don't think I'm on the tip of many people's tongues. It's really this one guy on Reddit who over and over again brings this thing up about me. And I go, man, like he's, I can see he's thoroughly convinced. And actually he was coming at me enough. I read, I was getting concerned. I read his post. I found it not to, I'm not going to dox him. But I found out he actually, his day job is he helps run a mental health facility where I go, oh my goodness. Like, and now to be fair, I also saw it being posted about on Reddit and initially thought it was so funny that I was like interacting with people, which was a mistake, which was a mistake because eventually a friend of mine, and it was, it was also before everything had come up and been analyzed so heavily. And it, it was a friend of mine who was like, dude, you know, this is like tied into the guy at the pizza place in DC. I was like, what? He's like, all that stuff, everything they're saying about you is part of that. I go, oh, well, let me take this down because those are people with guns. And then when I took it down, obviously it was just further proof. And I go, oh, this stuff is spreading further and wider than I knew. And that was 2017, which I think was, we knew about it from Comet Ping Pong, but I don't think, I don't think it had become 
what it was. So to be fair, I also poked the beast and I just used the word the beast. They're going to wonder what that meant. Um, right. Like, but I was, I was poking the beehive on that one. Didn't understand that it was cutting deeper and it actually does. It does haunt me a little bit because it comes up every couple of years and I go, like you said, there are people who think they are saving and if, and I go, I hope none of these people really seriously think that I am one of these people because I don't want to get shot. Yeah. I don't want, like it's gotten to that point with me where I go, this still seems fairly innocuous, but also I don't want one of these people who thinks they're a hero for doing it to think I'm part of a thing because I did a comedy bit on a comedy show on a largely comedy network. It's really, it's actually very, very terrifying to even be on the, in the fringe of the conversation. It, it is really, really, really scary. And it's fun to joke about. But when you get down to experience like yours, it is so deeply unfunny. And luckily, I do think this is obviously chilling out a little bit. But that doesn't mean that it's not humming under the surface, meaning QAnon and all these things. I mean, it's part of the zeitgeist now forever. Um, and it has been, too. I mean, it's not new. It's just this confluence of all of these different factors that have, you know, even the drain the swamp thing, you got this idea of like, the elites, you know, which is like, why can't we all just be like, yeah, we don't like our political elites together. Yeah. Like the universally agreed upon things of like politicians are kind of shitty guys. Right. And like the, you gotta be careful with the media guys, right? Like it managed to get blown out to such extremes that even the people used to be like, I hate what you say, but we can agree on that. Right. Like even now we can't, we're not even allowed to, we're not allowed to be united, even in the general discontent with those institutions, because we have to protect our corners of those institutions, even when we don't really like our corners of those institutions. And that I, I want to, like when you and I are going, okay, let's think about what being from, you know, of the 80s and 90s, how that tied back to the 50s. And you go, okay, it was Reagan. It was Reagan. I feel like 30 years from now, people are going to be able to go, what was happening at this point that led to this and that and that led to Trump? Because Trump wasn't Reagan, but they were both kind of entertainment figures that got filled a void. And now you start to see, well, who was it constructing? There? Okay, the Reagan stuff goes back to Nixon and it goes back to these conservative conferences. And I'm fascinated to see who fanned the flames of the polarization. So... Outside of being like so much of these local legends come down to like justification for gentrification or legends about people justify how you can make those people's lives worth in, worse in the name of things like land and money. I also want to say that I highly value the ability to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people that aren't dictated by just talking points or bullet points or editing or being turned into a video that goes viral on social media or some chain email that your crazy aunt sends around. Like, I know I'm rambling here, but I do like to think that um, we have an ability more than we act on lately within recent years to actually shoot the shit. Like we were saying, with the other people, I might I might be able to go to a bar in some area of the country that does not accommodate northeastern liberal artists, 
and I might be able to sit down and they might go, CNN sucks. And I might be able to look them in the eye and go, but you know, Fox sucks too, right? And they'd be like, yeah, I know. It all sucks, you know, but those things have been taken away from us, except when it's one-on-one, except when it's an effort to be made towards it. As an artist, I've been lucky enough to realize that when you go into territory that is quote-unquote enemy territory, the people there are generally not actually your enemies. And they feel like you're there the enemy. And if they came up and broke bread in your part of the country, you're not their enemy either. So who's making us feel that way? Your podcast, which is, uh, you know, Beautiful Anonymous, Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People, um, is it just reminds me so much of... As our audience knows, I used to hitchhike for years um, in this every summer, and it made me no longer be able to 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 create simplistic categories because I'd be in a car with someone who would like say something that I really didn't like. And then 10 minutes later, they're like crying and telling me about their dead wife. And I'm just like, oh, you're like a whole person. You have you have like every second I've been alive, you've had a second that you've been alive and it's been completely different than my life. And who's to say that if I grew up in a particular environment that is considered bad or is bad, whatever you want to say, that I would be able to like climb my way out of certain thinking patterns or certain ways of speaking or, you know, these different things that we expect uh, out of everyone, even though there's like different accesses to education, there's different ways that people don't quite understand how to talk to each other. And and then it just all falls apart. But when you're in that intimate setting, you have to you have to sort of put your ego aside a little bit. And especially if you're in a car with someone and like you, I mean, you talk on a podcast, someone calls into your podcast and your premise is that you talk to this person until they hang up and you cannot get out of the car. It's like you're going to go as far as the person will take you. Then you get out and then you have this this little encapsulated time with them and you can take from it what you will and you can hopefully impart some of yourself to them and you just exchange something meaningful. And that doesn't mean it has to be positive. You know, it's not like everybody's like got a heart and soul and, and that that's true. But it's also like we're just exchanging moments in time together and and it has it has a lot of meaning and things can come out of it it doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect by any means but i think that is so much a part of the american experience is i mean we are a multicultural society in a way that no other place is and so we have a lot of difficulties with each other and we have a lot of moral panics and urban legends because so many things are rubbing up against each other like you talked about the thing you just said that rings really true to me about the conversations you've had hitchhiking that i think are also true about the conversations i have with my podcast is you had said like you have these conversations and you you don't walk away going like oh and everybody's happy and things are great when you find these commonalities um there's actually sort of something that's a little more beautiful but almost a little more tragic inside it which is you go oh you kind of have to give people on a day-to-day basis more benefit of the doubt that their lives might be harder than you know at first glance. Like you just like, I thought my my, my podcast, I thought it was going to be comedy focused. And instead you offer people anonymity and you go, and eh, I'm just mostly going to listen, not judge you. Like, and if it's bad, it's on me. Like nobody knows your name, you know, like, People have started pouring their guts out to me. That happened very quickly. And 
I've just realized it's it's changed my life because I go, you know, if you're in front of me at the cash machine and it's taking you forever to remember your pin, I'm not going to sit here and get all pissed off anymore because like maybe you're getting ransom money out. Like, I don't know. Like, I've heard stories that are worse than that now from regular people, you know? Um, and we don't, we don't scout the people. We don't produce the stories. I just tweet out a phone number. And then whoever calls me, calls me. So it's not like we're picking the sensationalistic ones. It's like, I'm trying to think of a real example. Like I was once talking to someone who this, this one became like weirdly um, topical again last year where I started this guy and he's like, so I think I'm comfortable telling you this. Um, so I was an escort in the Washington DC area and I can't say who, cause I signed an NDA, but there is a high level Republican Senator who, uh, has used my services and made me do weird stuff. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. And then we just talked about that for like the remaining call. I go, someone who I I could have just been buying coffee next to you at the Dunkin Donuts and then I who would even know you're just some person who called me on the phone because you saw a tweet like people a, a person reporting herself to federal prison for a four-year stint because she got caught up in meth trafficking um you know and then on the other end like some guy called and told me a bunch of stories about different times that he shit his pants and then people who have lost children people who work in all different fields where I had no idea they were as intense as I knew. So that's the thing about hitchhiking that it sounds like my podcast has managed to stumble into is this thing where you go face value is just worthless. It's the, the, the value of face value is, is zero. You can actually make zero assumptions about a person until you, start talking to them to actually function in a civilization. I go, I had to take a deep breath and ignore all that because I've now had over, you know, close to 300 conversations at this point with strangers that have just taught me nothing is as simple as, as those defense mechanisms um, point us to, right? Like all, all of that human instinct to just make assumptions is also rooted in the idea of like, we're hunter gatherers and you don't want someone stealing what you've hunted and gathered this day. Get out of here. Like that's, it all goes back thousands of years to that, right? Or some smarter version of that. But that's not where we live anymore. Like we all have enough food for now, water for now. We might mess that up too, but for now I got these instincts I have to go, what assumptions should I be making about this person? I go, the assumption I should be making is that they may have had some really hard, miraculous things in their lives, and I should chill out and listen to it. That's what my podcast has taught. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to eat in just 
two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week. And you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American and Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today. The one thing that I, I feel like maybe is missing a little bit sometimes is like nobody's doing the field research in that they've decided what the ideals are, like you said, but if you just come up and go, here's how it should be, agree with me, it eliminates the, the step that goes in both directions, which is the hard conversation of what is the hole in your life that you're filling with these things that seem counterproductive or unethical or evil in some cases like if if you if you hate immigrants what is the whole like where what's what is that hatred giving you back and is there a way to get you that that isn't involved in being convinced by people to demonize someone else. Cause that's, we know that that doesn't solve anything because people have gone to that. Well, so many times throughout American history, it, it's a very easy political move to go hate the people. So many groups dealt with it, you know, still deal with it. Um, I feel like you tell somebody like coal mines are bad for your health. Anyway, go work at Walmart. It's a better job. And you go, well, three generations of my family have like, like actual members of my family were shot at by union goons to have this. Job. It's not, you don't just walk away from that. You like people died. People bl- So you see here, you go, okay, there's a, there's a section of people that I get the sense don't like me and I'm supposed to not like them, but I don't dislike them on the other end too. There's probably people with points out there who, if they sat down with me and went, why do you prescribe to X, Y, and Z? And I honestly told them they might go, huh, okay, well, I want to protect small businesses and all this tax stuff might actually tie into what you're talking about too. And right now in my mind, I'm going, I don't care. I don't care. Trickle down economics has killed people. I don't, but maybe if they did their field research in a more genuine way, and if we did ours too in a little bit more of a genuine way, and it wasn't just, I know what I want to be reality. Let me say it on Twitter and get people who agree with me happy and people who don't mad at me. 
there's there's ways that a lot of people could let their guards down on all sides and and you realize oh if we can just let our guards down on all sides and admit that each other's pains are real and not in competition with each other um that's when it gets it's when it gets really eye opening it's when it gets really eye opening and then you sit there and you go oh and it does seem like a lot of this it turns out might actually be because <laughs> Russian and Chinese um, intelligence agencies are <laughs> actively, legitimately yeah. causing it on purpose on Facebook, and you're going, "That's how they, that's how they're." You want to loop it back to being children of the '80s and '90s, going, "Oh, that's how the Russians win." Like I remember, <laughs> you, you'll love this. Like I, growing up in North Jersey, in my town, I think was 12 miles from Manhattan. I remember a teacher telling us, third grade, "Oh, you know, if New York gets bombed by the Russians, if Manhattan gets bombed." we're screwed because we just get third degree burns. Like we, we don't die. Like the t- other towns in Jersey, a little closer, they'll die and it'll be more merciful. We'll, we'll really, we'll be the first wave of people who are just grotesque oh monsters. It went from that to like, oh, now the Russians can just like pretend to be a woman from Connecticut. And that's how they're going to get us. That's how they're going to bring down one... democracy. <laughs> yeah, bring back like... the nukes. Bring back the nukes. They were a lot easier to track. We knew when nukes were coming. We could see it on our satellites. I can't, I can't suss out if every angry white woman from Connecticut is actually a Russian teenager paid to do this. I can't. It's too much work for me. Will you just tell us a little about your special and your podcast? Anything you want to talk about? Yeah, people who like this podcast, I think you'll like our podcast. It's very humanity-based, um, beautiful, anonymous. And then, uh, yeah, the new special, it's called Half My Life. It's like a half-road documentary, half-stand-up special. There's a lot of funny jokes. There's a lot of kind of onstage chaos that I'm a fan of. And then also a lot of just here's what it looks and feels like to kind of get out there and go to places that you're not used to and to contemplate where you're at and think about you still want to be who you are and all those things. So it has some laughs. It has some feels. It's a little weird, like most of the things I do, but you might, you might enjoy it. I also get the sense too, your, your listeners might appreciate. I self-funded this whole thing. The director is a friend of mine who directs uh, music videos for punk bands. And I took a big swing on that and uh, it was scary to put up the money, but I'm in a position where I could, I'm lucky. And then it allowed me to just do it my way and exist outside of any notes from executives and and corporate needs and it's all these venues that are a lot of them legitimate DIY spaces that are off the grid and uh, might remind you of what it was like to uh, go to shows and be out for live entertainment in small intimate places so check yeah. it out everybody. yeah it really made me excited as I said to to just do anything again and uh, <laughs> and be part of, and I mean it is what we're talking about it's like when you're in a show like that you are part of a a haphazard community so thank you for for putting something like this out and uh getting us ready to see each other face to face again well thank you for having me and for a a legitimately fascinating conversation thank you i'm so glad your people got in touch with our people (laughs) oh we're cut from the same cloth this was american hysteria Make sure you check out Chris's special, Half My Life, and his podcast, Beautiful Stories from Anonymous People. If you like American Hysteria, consider becoming a patron. We have some exciting things coming up at patreon.com slash American Hysteria. 
You can follow us on Twitter at AmerHysteria and on Instagram at American Hysteria Podcast. We also still have merch available at AmericanHysteria.com. This episode was produced by Miranda Zickler with sound by Clear Camo Studios. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back in a few weeks with an episode on a strange phenomenon that I'm calling the dark underbelly of YouTube kids. I've been disappearing into the future dystopia of artificial intelligence, and it's scaring the shit out of me. And you know what? It's all for you. So please, in the meantime, have a great week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.